Hey guys, welcome to Adventure Radio. So, I'm Bill, um, a weightlifter, and uh, this, this is uh, this is uh, this is a show about. Uh, hey Tommy, what, what did you think about uh, uh, about this about this show? Oh yeah, you know uh, what happened was uh, the one time I came out and I um I went to I went to um I asked a few things. What do you think? Oh, mate, do you, you think you... that um do you think that when you when you go to the uh, oh you know what I actually think the, the, the funny thing is the question I'm going to ask hey, you um, uh... I'll get to my point sooner or later. But, uh, uh... Tommy, your uh, your voice has got a little high. Uh... No, I'm just uh, I'm just I'm a, I'm a little kid and uh, I'm, I'm I'm really I'm just a, nobody really likes me and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to get my feet in the world. You know I'm trying to. Trying... <laughs> We'll swap back. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, God. Um, welcome back to Adventure Radio, by the way. Um, that was um, that was weird, but... That was really weird. <laughs> uh, this show, guys, is uh, is with a man named Fablice. Fablice is... Flybees. Um, Flybees, I think, is his, is his, um, his name that he performs on us. So mm-hmm. he's a... He's a performing artist. He's kind of like a rapper. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a rapper. Uh, anyway, basically, guys, I... Um, I went to TEDx in St Kilda with Jill, uh, my girlfriend who refuses to take the microphone and talk mm. about the experience. Mm. Do you sure you don't want to jump over here and get on the mic? That's a no in case everyone's listening. Positive. <laughs> um, Tom, do you, Tommy, do you want to do Jill? I'll do Jill. All right. So, so me and Jill went and saw. Um, we went and saw Fabrice at TEDx. He did a really, really inspirational speech. Um, I don't know whether we should take the piss out of this because. <laughs> but okay, what did you um, what did you think of it, babe? Ooh, I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, I it, thought it was good. What were your favourite parts? Um, oh, you know, just I thought he was, um, you know, <laughs> this is fucked. <laughs> now, look, I, I, I've heard it was really good. I've actually watched his TED Talks online. Um, so, so the TED Talk guys, so we've been pretty lighthearted about this whole intro to the podcast but Fablis is from um, was born in Burundi so Burundi is a war-torn country in uh, in Africa and he was um, he was taken from his his parents at a young age um, him and his brothers and sisters were thrown into um, detention centers he uh, he also got um, stolen and to become a child soldier mm. and um, it's actually a really heavy heavy really heavy but interesting. Mm conversation that we had with uh with Fabrice. heaps of heaps of hilarity and laughs in there and gags as usual but um probably one of the more interesting discussions yeah, i've had with somebody for sure it was really interesting when we were talking to him about it because I, I remember the part in the, in the show where you wanted to him to open up a little bit about his time actually as a child soldier and yeah. maybe some of the trauma that he went through and he wasn't too keen to go into specifics there which we can definitely understand I but think it, it was it the was fact more... that I think he was worried about what I might ask when I said can I ask about that yeah that's and, right and I think I was always going to ask I was never going to ask the questions that I think he didn't want asked yeah. I think he was happy to yeah he would have been so, happy to open it up about it but it was more it was more just a sense of what he learned from his time there mm. and coming over here and you just get you just get uh, straight away meeting the bloke it's just a He's just a positive guy, mm, you know. He's a legend. Yeah, absolute Heath legend. Straight leg end. Yeah, lagoon. Uh, like f- phenomenal guy, guys. You're gonna love the show, I reckon. I think it was really good. Okay. So, guys, his um, his TED talk will be will be live um, really soon, and when it is, we'll we'll link to it because it was an awesome talk. Mm. But um, just a really inspirational guy, and um, yeah, really cool to talk to. Yep. And On we this- wrapped. 
madly on it as well. Oh, we did. Sick. We did. It. did good I? rap. Good yeah, rap. yeah. That was yep. that was a nice little rap. You tried to lay a, a little bead, didn't you? Um, no, I think we rapped at some point for something. Yeah, we rapped. What did we rap for? Uh, I was rapping. We, I we were a, rapping. Yeah, I, I rapped. You, you dropped rapped. a beat for me and I rapped. Yeah, that's right. What was that for? Oh, no. Oh, that was for something else. That was the shoot the shit. Nah. Huh. That was for the intro and outro for the the show that's coming out Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, guys. So <laughs> this this um, this podcast is brought to you by uh, a company called True Pride. So me and Tommy have been working with this company, True Pride. What they do, guys, is basically they take your finances and they link up all your bank accounts into this mm. one program called CashFit where you can see, okay, this is how much money I actually spend on fun. This is how much money I spend on the necessary uh, essentials. This is how much money I have left over for saving. And what they do is they go and they crunch all the numbers and find little wins and save you money without changing your lifestyle. So the idea, Craig's average, so Craig's uh, the guy at the head of True Pride. So their average is to save $150 a week. So that's $600 a month for the cost of $97 a month. So basically, you could be 500 bucks better off a month. So in six months' time, you can get yourself an AdventureFit holiday. Yep. How easy is that? Easy. Or you can get 10 bags of Coke and... A hooker. <laughs> Dude, you can, you can buy yourself a car. I think this is the third intro and outro in a row. We've, or you we've, can buy yourself this nice tablet here. It's bought. a 4.6 litre turbo. Uh. We're using the same gags yeah. day after day. Um, so these guys, um, these guys, True Pride, are really awesome. And you guys should check them out if you want to save money. And they For don't, sure. they don't, uh, they don't, it doesn't affect your life. Mm. So you just get more money in the bank. So you get a $297 waived joining fee if you head to www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF radio. I better quickly say, yep. True Pride are a wealth creation service who work with ambitious individuals and families looking to take control, worry less, and get ahead. Oh, that's right. If you're looking for a way to take control, worry less, and get ahead when it comes to your money, True Pride is a wealth coaching business that provides you all the tools you need to fast track this. <laughs> www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF. We're also brought to you by Carve today. So Carve are a company that specialize in anything digital from building apps, designing logos, automating your business down to setting up your next event. Carve's a partner you want to be want to have on your side when you want to focus on the things you love to scale your business. Mm. So basically, guys, I use Carve over in the Philippines. I have three assistants. I have one for the podcast that do, do all the back end for me and Tommy. And then I have two for Adventure uh, Travel. So Aaron, for example, Aaron, my new assistant, he takes all the inquiries through email. He schedules calls for me. He reaches out to get um, myself on other podcasts and, and exposure via media outlets. He manages our blogs. He rates and reviews our blogs from our many bloggers we have. He, um, he sources, sorts our Google Analytics and, um, and our... Uh, reporting there Mon on the other hand Mon manages all the social media all the filler blogs we do on our website he emails comps all around the world to sponsor comps day to day he does everything we, he builds the info packs for our, for our clients creates the itineraries does the web pages so basically what I'm saying is I've outsourced everything that I don't really need to be doing so I can focus on making the bigger things happen and also to get some of my time back in my life so um, yeah That's I think good. yeah it's great so I think for anyone who's got a business in the mm. gym, in the in a like a gym owner, sort of business. gym owner, small business, hundred percent. If you got a small business, if you're an entrepreneur, it's perfect. Yep. Gym owners, especially because I know a lot of gym owners that listen to this podcast, and not many cross crossfit gym owners are making heaps of bank mm. and have heaps of time up their sleeve. The ones that I know, yep. Literally, if you guys want to hit me up and ask me anything about this, is doc at adventurewithtravel.com. It will literally get so much time back in your life. It will be awesome. So head to www.carve.ph/advf to get ten free hours on any project. 
I like it. We're also brought to you by Adventure Travel. Adventure Travel, guys, jump on board. We have, so have a listen to this. So we've got Bali coming up with Carl Paoli. True. If you guys don't know Carl Paoli, he's a gymnast. That's it. We've also got Estonia coming up in Europe. We have that was a that was a lie. We don't actually. That was a joke before. Oh, I thought, I thought we actually did have that coming up. Well, we've <laughs> nah. got Argentina coming up. Yeah, we do. We've got Mexico coming up. Hey, Bill, arriba, arriba. you can <laughs> yeah, actually give us some Spanish. Andale, andale, arriba, arriba. Give us some Spanish. That was the Spanish. What does it mean? It means fast, fast. Let's go, let's go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so jump aboard to Adventure Travel, guys. Keep up with the show there. Um, the podcast is there. Stuff about me and Bill are on there. All the shit coming up. We've got. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kicking goals at the moment. Muy it's kicking bien. a lot of goals, yeah. Muy Muy bien. Bien. Mm. Mm. All righty, www.adventuretravel.com. Bye. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. guys welcome back to adventure Street radio uh sitting here with fabrice and we're sitting here with uh with tommy as well fabrice has got an amazing story we're gonna we're gonna go through but um firstly before we throw to fabrice we're gonna uh go to as usual tommy's tribute which today is a rap <laughs> it's a rap it's a rap <laughs> all right do you want to do you want to lay a beat for us um can try okay here we go right. <laughs> um ever but please, but please, he's here to save peace. I really hope he likes the rap and don't want it to cease. But please, but please, this is not a disease. His man's a ledge, he will not dredge. Bill looks like a young John Cleese. Uh, he's a Tanzanian man, I just ate some ham. Just got a car rego and now I own a van. Now I'm gonna throw the fly beast, the man. He'll lay around way better than mine. He's gonna sell it to the nines. Now I'm gonna take it over to me, I'm gonna beat. He's gonna hit the rap, yo. Oh, check it. I was just 11 when I became a soldier. Bullets in my hands and a gun on my shoulder. Being a schoolboy, but being meant to kill. I didn't like my life, but I just had to deal. Blood on my shoes and the fighting all day. Ducking all the bullets, the devil had his way. Every morning, my teeth made my pillow get dumb. But I had no choice, it was war or calm. I believed in myself, I hoped and I prayed. Wish to see a light, hoping for a better day. But I'm laughing big time, and my laugh is a wonder, cause I Found freedom in the London under. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> awesome. Man. That was sick. That was so good. So much better than mine. <laughs> nah, nah. We just, we just having fun. Yeah. That's the word. Do you know, um, Fabrice, I'm not sure if you remember. So I, um, we met at the TED Talk that you did in St. Kilda. And, oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you sang. So Tommy, Fabrice sang this song in um, at the end of his TED Talk in St. Kilda at the mm. TEDx yeah. uh, two or three months ago now. And... At the end of the, that rap, so you've got more more verses and choruses to that yeah, song, right? Yeah, and then yeah. At the end, 
it got to the point where Fabrice says, asked everyone to put the, the peace sign in the air. <laughs> and then you had someone singing the... Ch- on, child soldier yeah yeah it was um it was actually a song called light of peace oh, which light of i peace. um light of peace. which i did with one of the greatest singer she's a local from uh uh new zealand i yes. think she, her name is melly and she's part of a great um uh hip-hop band it's a it's a it's called massive hip-hop choir mm-hmm. and um yeah, she's a great singer. So we did that song about a few years ago. Yep. And um, yeah, it's a good song. It was Light so sick. I started bawling my I started bawling my eyes out. Oh, true. I was sitting. I was sitting because I get real. I get like emotional when like oh. movies and stuff like that. I'm sitting there in in the chair next to my girlfriend. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this is because pe- your speech, yeah, your talk yeah, is yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, this is fucking powerful. <laughs> and then I'm like this, and then you put the um. Peace signs up in the air and everyone started singing along and, and moving and I was like this, I cowered down and then I just went and Jill goes, Jill's sitting there upright and she sees me underneath her arm pretty much and she looks, she goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm crying. crying. I'm crying. She's like, oh, man. <laughs> Why crazy. are you crying? That's <laughs> crazy. So, right, so mm. Felice, why don't you tell us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and like what put you on the stage in that TED talk, and you know what? What yeah. um, tell us about yourself. So what it is is that um, I would like to start saying that my, I've dedicated my life into inspiring people through uh, uh, through music for what I have been through and how I've um, tried to resil- uh to sort of uh, overcome it and uh, use it in good. Mm-hmm. Now what happened is that I was born in a country called Burundi, which is. Um, which was uh, recolonized by the Belgian after the Germans. Mm-hmm. And they're the one who introduced the uh, genetic ideology of uh, dividing us in uh, three different ethnic groups. Right. Um, if anyone ever seen a film called Hotel Rwanda, mm. you might have seen the sort of horrible impact that came after the separation. Now, they, um, we gained our independence in 1962. And since then, Burundi has been having ongoing conflict due to this uh, separation of these ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what happened, it started getting really hard for me when I was uh, two years old because it was in 1993 when the civil war broke out in Burundi, which made, uh, which made almost half population of Burundians fleeing into neb- the neighboring countries. Uh, so my family um, was really affected from this because... It happened when I was with my uh, mother and my uh, older sister. And I remember we ran and um, escaped to the church and remained there for the whole night, not knowing where my siblings or my father is. The next morning, uh, the priest told us, you guys should go back where you ca- uh, to your house because maybe think might have, things have, uh, have uh, settled. Mm-hmm. So we returned and then we started observing how there was great damages, um, damaging things in the district and we wouldn't see anyone. Everybody has, uh, has ran away, you know, mm. and it wasn't long enough until the soldiers approached my house and uh, roughly asked my mother where everyone is. And she had to play smart and say, look, I just returned from uh, the main city where I took uh, food for my, for my uh, uh, husband who's in hospital. Therefore, I have no idea what's going on out here. Mm-hmm. And um, so the soldiers remained until the night was approaching. And it was, it was then that um, 
one of the soldiers became more like my hero and told my uh came and whispered to my mother's ear and say you should leave now so my mom realized that, that things was going to get worse mm. therefore she put me on her back and took a bucket and give my older sister bucket and we pretended that we're going to the water source to get water that we share return mm-hmm. and that was our way out so after about 10 minutes of us marching, we then started hitting a great shooting from the town we was in, knowing that things had just got worse. Ten minutes. Yes. So we managed enough to cross the border to Rwanda refugee camp, which was uh, the majority of refugees where there was a sort of settling. And we got there. And after four months of searching, it was more like a miracle. You know, my family came back together and it was uh, great because... People we lived in uh, people we lived in the same district would always um, tell us how they've lost uh, most of the family members. Yep. But for us, it was like, wow, who are we? Yeah. You know. Amazing. So we lasted there for about six uh, uh, six months, and towards the end of the uh, period of time in there, it was in 1994. And to you know, most of people would have heard it because. Um, in 1994, the civil, I mean, the genocide broke out in Rwanda. And it mm-hmm. triggers me because due, my, due to my research, it has um, shown me how the whole world thinks that the Jewish Holocaust was the worst killing ever captured in human history. Mm-hmm. But we went through that as well. You know, mm-hmm. we, yeah. in a country that is so small that it would fit in Australia about 350 times, well. one million people were slaughtered to death in less than a month. You know, not by guns, but by machetes, worse than you can imagine, you know. And it's that time that I look up and say, oh, praise the Lord for the for the parents that I had. Because until now, I can't, uh, I can't imagine how they managed enough to take us from uh, in the middle of a genocide and take us to Burundi where there was a civil war. Mm. However, we did that. But my older sister couldn't go back to Burundi with us because her life was already being threatened. Therefore, she automatically escaped uh, to uh, Tanzania refugee camp. So we returned to Burundi and we had to start everything from zero. And this is where I started witnessing power of education, you know, and Mm -hmm. This is uh this is why I you know I go around to deliver my story because I want every young person, no matter where they are, to realize how education is the most important thing that plays a big role in our life. You know, For because sure. mm, absolutely. the only reason why where I come from we keep on having uh, conflicts is because we don't get educated. Mm. You know, so I started witnessing power of education because from the little that my parents had. Um, they was able to figure out how we could start again. And also before the war, uh, my dad was a businessman and my mother was a tradition beer maker. So they had a little bit of skills that would make us start again. Your mother, sorry for this, your mother was, yeah. oh, uh, what was your mother? Uh, my mom was a Hutu and my dad was a Tutsi. Oh, oh no, yeah, I mean, you yeah, said yeah. she was a traditional. Oh, oh okay. She yeah, was yeah. a tradition <laughs> beer maker. Beer maker? Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought you said. Yeah. Beer maker, yeah. For that, I mean, so your mom was a Hutu and your, your dad was a Tutsi? Correct, yeah. yeah. So what, what's that like? So I actually got to come to that because sure. what it is is that since um, we started again and they put us back on track and life was went on until I was eight. 
So when I was the 80s, where I got my parents got, I mean, my parents got killed. And for me, it was completely sort of a, a shock and sort of, I, I feel like I was destroyed then. Mm. And then given the fact that my mom was a Hutu and my dad was a Tutsi, it was crazy because um, it's uh, 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 the conflicts which has been happening out there mm. is between these ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. So for me, I felt like, who am I fighting against? Or who am I going, you know, who's my rescue? You know, yeah. I you fall under both umbrellas because exactly. your parents are from both sides. Yeah. Exactly. So I couldn't figure it out. However, before the death of my parents, they used to gather me and my uh, my siblings, uh, you know, hold us two to three hours before we go to sleep. Um, them teaching us how to love and serve the Lord. Uh, them teaching us the importance of school mm-hmm. and uh, teaching us human value. One that I remember and I want to leave it to all our listeners is, um, you know, God want us to treat one another in the way we would want to be treated. Mm. You know, so that's the most important thing that really kept me going. So I grew up understanding three things, the Lord, education, and how to be humane to others. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, life went on until I was 11 years old. And when I was 11 years old, I was at school, pretty much a normal day. And a truck full of soldiers pulled up at my school and asked all the tall boys to stand up. And uh, I was kidnapped to become a child soldier. And this is where it go crazy because, you know, everything that I've been taught from my parents was going, was getting against, you know. Oh, yeah. it, it was completely shocking world. And as I told you guys before, Burundi is so small. Burundi and Rwanda, they are, they, are, they are same size. They used to be one nation. They are so small that it would... They will fit in Australia about 250 times. That's mm. how small it is. Mm. So it wasn't like where we take a flight, go to a different nation against different people. Mm. It was where we don't a combat against our sisters and brothers, mm. you know, which made me feel, ex- you know, uh, uh, no fitting in. Mm. So likely I lasted there for two weeks. But, you know, the time that I lasted was another horror time of my life because... You know, I was forced to shoot guns. I was being abused from bigger boys. It was really crazy out there, you know. So after two weeks, I went to get the food with the bigger boys at the warehouse. I got there and realized there was a great chance of me running away. So I had I uh, pretended that I needed to go to pee and I, I ran and hid in the jungle for the whole night. And the next morning, I, uh, I went to the road and approached the taxi man to drive me back. So he believed me because I told him I've got a little bit of money and uh, because most of young people are there, they're on the street, you know, hustling. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now what we must understand here is that about 60% of young people, and when I say Burundi, it's not just Burundi, but we look, we see it in other countries such as in the Middle East, you know, we see it in uh, uh, India, we see it in Timor, uh, East Timor, mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. even far from here. Yeah. You know, about 60% of young people, they don't go to school. You know, not because they don't want to. Due to these conflicts, most of them, they are motherless. They are fatherless. They are, they are, they, they don't have, um, you know, enough support because even the government doesn't pay enough attention to it, mm-hmm. which really, this is what uplifts me to share my story because I know it's a bigger word. I mean, it's big word to say, but I want to change the world, you know, and Mm-mm. I want to change it through this, uh, the young minds, because this is the people who's going to be the, f- who's the future of tomorrow. Therefore, they must understand the spirit of justice. They must understand 
uh, humanity, you know. Mm. So um, about 60% of young people, they don't go to school. So he thought I was among those people. So he drove me back and I directed him where uh, uh, my sister was working and um, she paid him. And for me, I felt like I was a pigeon out of cage, you know. However, I couldn't go back to school, you know, because after that, I started living with great fear, you know, in yeah. my thinking that I would definitely get hunted again by this uh, uh, Golita army, you yep. know. And um, I, lived there, I lived about six months, but again, during this period of time, I was like a dead person mm. because I grew, I grew up understanding power of education that, you know, to be clear enough in Burundi, if you don't get educated, you have very, very low chance of you succeeding in life. Mm. Yeah. So your only alternative is either you pick up a gun or anyway, that leads you into violence. Yeah. You know, so for me, without education, I stupidly started putting myself into drugs, smoking, even uh, 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 sniffing petrol, which had mm-hmm. in great, horrible ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there for about six months. Uh, and after that, my sister, who couldn't return to Burundi with us, she heard what was going on. And she told my siblings to get me in Tanzania refugee camp. And um, I break in Tanzania refugee camp, thinking that things was going to get better. But it got worse than I thought, you know. I ended up living there for three years. And I'll tell you what, refugee camp is more like living in hell, you know. Mm. If anyone ever seen a film, a documentary called uh, Go Back Where You Come From, you might have seen a little bit of a lifestyle in a refugee camp. This is where, this is where, um, where you know, we were in the refugee camp was like a prison. Mm. We were given rules not to go outside it. And yes, World Food Program, which is uh, an alliance of a uh, UN, used to bring us food, thinking that it would last us for about two weeks. But if you were only passionate enough, it would only last you for a week. So for the rest of the time, it was you sacrificing and cross the camp and go to work for the locals. And then most of the time when you get caught, you would uh, get tortured to the point that you'd even get killed. This is where you hear that your friend is dead and you take that as a normal thing. When you, no. sorry, I missed, I missed that part. Yeah. When you, when you would go and, um, what were the circumstances when you would, when they would, when you would get killed, you would, when you were trying to leave to the refugee go camp? outside, it, it, when you're trying to go outside, even to work for others, because what we used to, most of the people would put their, uh, their lives in jeopardy and they would go outside to work for the locals so they right. can get a little bit of food yep. or even some money, mm-hmm. you know. And um, when you get caught by the Tanzanian government, they will torture you, you know, to the point that it even kill you, you know. Far and out. in a refugee camp is that it's so crazy because, uh, um, you know, like, for example, a class, a, a little room, that would be a class that would have about 200, and 200 students. Oh. And we squeezing in, in, in this little room that doesn't even have windows. Oh. You know? And the crazy thing was that if you ever get late at school, you will get whipped. You yeah. know, Me and my nephew would go late one day about two, two minutes. And yeah. The teacher would eventually, like he would see us outside. And he encouraged my nephew to whip me a hundred times. And... I had to do the same thing to my nephew. Really? You know, this is a family member. And then the teacher found out we wasn't doing hard. He ended up doing himself, you know? Oh, man. But then I was, uh, 
I that's just not, sadistic. Even it's insane. Like, it's, actually, because you're related, they want you to. That's do just it. cruel. You know, yeah, it is like not even. Mm, mm. It's cruel anyway. Yeah, without yeah. knowing that it's your cousin to yeah. actually go, oh, it's your cousins. Oh, well, in that case, it's it's just it's, overtly mm. cruel. Like. It, when cruel can't get any cruel, it's a little cruel than that. Exactly. Yeah. And on top of that, we get we go to school to gain knowledge. Yeah, exactly. You know? We don't yeah. want to get feel like this is not a safe place. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah. And um, you know, and again, this is what most inspires me to yeah. talk to young people that are that lives in a first world country like this. Yeah. You know, one of the most important thing I want our young people to understand is that they should be they should feel lucky to be in a country like this, mm. you know? It wasn't long ago that I've seen my friends complaining about, you know, phone brightness. It's like, oh, my phone, it does, my phone doesn't have enough brightness. Mm. I'm like, dude, snap out of it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I come from a country where we eat meats on Christmas Day, Yeah, you know? So there is a, there is a bigger picture of you to see more than that. Mm. You know? 100%. Yeah. And, and just the situation in a refugee camp wasn't, uh, it was really crazy because one of the greatest greatest thing that I would fear for was um, witchcraft. You know, this is what I saw a dog smoking. Hang on, like, say again. I saw a dog smoking. A dog smoking. A dog, yeah. Really? Like, a dog, <laughs> yeah. Say, what's going on? Because that's what I thought you said. <laughs> what were and you then I'm like, hang on a second, hang on a second please. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? A dog smoking. Like, he had a cigarette. Just it read the newspaper night. and just go, get out, man. How are you? It mostly happened at the night. And yeah. it was. um. I mean, we all knew he was a human being, you know. This is where there is crazy witchcraft. Like, mm. as I told you before, guys, this is where you hear that your friend is gone and you take that as a normal thing, you know. And it's crazy because when we look in a, when we look in the bigger lens, okay, and then see how the government, for example, Australian government here, treating refugees, treating people who are seeking asylum, it's an, an, an in, inhumane thing mm. because I'll tell you what, I've witnessed the, the situation, the yeah. lifestyle of these people who's running, who's seeking asylum here is terrible as you can imagine. Mm. You know, I remember we used to eat books at lunchtime at my school. You used to eat books. Fuck. You oh know, anything that we could get to. To fill your stomach. To fill the stomach, our stomach yeah. we will get into it. Whoa. You know, you, you know what I think with the with the mm. asylum thing that you talk about. One of the things that confuses me most in the world, yeah. in a general sense, and I'm not smart enough to understand the mm. border control mm-hmm. difficulties and problems with having lack of borders. But the fact that people can be born in Burundi, for example, in your situation, or mm. born mm. in somewhere where there's conflict going on and, and wars going on and atrocities going on daily mm. and there's countries that there's none of that going on with plenty of land plenty of resources plenty of whatever <laughs> and the borders are closed yeah I mean, I, but, I, but again don't get me wrong like I said I don't understand I don't understand the politics but behind obviously mm. having closed borders and stuff but it seems to me and I used to just think of it in travel terms yeah, you have yeah. some certain passports can't get into certain countries for yeah. no apparent reason and, and I just think that's unfair yeah. as in travel because you should this is our world you should be able to see it exactly so, and this is life this mm. isn't travel this isn't leisure this is talking about like this yeah. is your life it's so it's really confusing to me well, mm. well, what we need to understand here first of all is that there are millions of things that the government do not want us to know millions of things that the government because I'm telling you, 
if we would reveal those secrets, we wouldn't we wouldn't be confusing in letting our brothers and sisters come and live with us in harmony. Mm. I mean, Burundi, as I said, as I told you before, Burundi is so small that it will fit in Australia a hundred, you know, three hundred fifty times. Yeah. But you've got almost half population of uh, Australian. Yeah. You know, people yep. take tents to sleep out there, and we talk about pe- people who lives on one dollar on uh, on 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 their daily basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And what it, the the only reason I'm saying this is because. Um, we are being fooled that we hate people we don't even know exist. Mm. Like look, Muslims, look look how much Western has pushed ba- have pushed mm. them away. You know what I mean? Look at Muhammad Ali and the Vietnam War and his it's, refusal to go to the Vietnam War. <laughs> Perfect example. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, what? I don't. I don't. I'm. You know. No Viet Cong ever called me niggas. What, yeah. he, said. Mm. And no, exactly he, what he said? I don't know these people. They've Abs- done nothing to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a, we need to look beyond what we see because the world we are growing in, we are being colonized by technology. Mm. You know, and this is where it really triggers me because one of the examples that I could give you out here is that, uh, you know, I, I do shopping in Kmart's. That's what I can afford. I'm a broke guy. You know, yeah. I don't have money. Mm-hmm. I go to Kmart and do my shopping out there. And then a couple of weeks, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing my shopping and I started observing how they got rid of all the employees and they started importing their self-serving machines. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a good, it's a good thing in one way, you know, because within the 21st century, mm. We do need the development. We need new world sort of uh, movements or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was so surprised when I found out this machine can talk to me that, you know, it's my new sort of, uh, uh, you know. It's your homie. Show. Yeah, exactly. It's my <laughs> homie. machine. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're in the camera machine. We can go out, have we're, a couple of beers. You know. But <laughs> what, tri- up, up with Siri. <laughs> what triggered me was that uh, when I walk out of that mall, I started realizing a couple of weeks ago, I, was, I, I pick up Herod's son and, you know, he had this article where the title was Refugees Are Stealing Our Jobs. Mm. I was shocked. I'm like, dude, your machines are stealing your jobs. Yeah. You know? So it, this gives us really uh, uh, an idea of how we should really focus beyond what we see. Mm. Because it's, you know, we are being fooled by media, you know? Refugees Are Stealing Our Jobs is the... Most dumbfounding statement. <laughs> like, okay, mm. to, the, the word refuge yeah. is to take somebody on. Exactly. To take somebody on, welcome them into our country mm-hmm. and integrate them into our society exactly. or whatever. That's, that's what refuge is. That's yeah. what you're seeking. Us that's what the idea of it is. To, to have on the front page... So you're page, saying that the sentence, like the sentence in that sense doesn't even make sense. Well, so people that we're enjoying to bring in, oh, yeah. get, come in. Still my job. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That, that, it's, a con- what, what? it's a contradictory. It's a contradictory it statement. It is a contradictory and, statement. And, and, on, the, on the front mm, page, mm. did you say I was on the on the paper in the paper on the front page of the paper? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And and so even ridiculous. what we must understand that he he in Australia, this is a, a black land. You know what I mean? The history of it is black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So the original one. Yeah. Thinking everyone who's here, we all refugees. Yeah, hundred percent. We all refugees, and we've only been here for a couple of hundred years. Exactly. Like exactly. The, the, and, um, it was a really cool YouTube video that someone um, put up recently and it was about um, some people that went and did a test mm. and they got their DNA swapped yeah. and they initially went in there and they're like, I, like for, for, for me, for example, it would be me saying, 
oh, yeah, mate, look, uh, I'm 100% Australian. I, I love Australia. Like, I've been here. All my ancestors have been here for ages. What? I fucking love it. It's awesome, you <laughs> know? And then these, so there was a, a pom who went there and, and yeah. he was like, um, oh, look, you know, I've been uh, English my whole life. I fucking love it, man. Like, it's absolutely the best. <laughs> and then he, he got his DNA swabbed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to put it on, yeah. And um, he... Uh, he got his DNA swabbed yeah. and it was like at most like 30% English and he had lines from like Africa, from like Italy, from, mm. from all these places and it was just so empowering because all mm. these people, you know, they weren't even, they were way less than half of where they were even born yeah, and it just, yeah. just brought the whole world into, there was, I think there were two people there that were uh, cousins of each other, like wow. distant cousins and like what, like the dude was black and like the chick was white, yeah. you know, it's mm. just but insane. They're cousins. Yeah, they're yeah. just cousins, you know. We, we must understand that we all connected, mm. you know what I mean? And this is what divides the world because what it is like right now, we focus on the differences between us mm. more than the similarity between us. Mm. And this is what really gets us apart because we grow up in the world that it's more competitive. Therefore, I myself, I would feel like, oh, to be, to be amazing or successful, I must step on other people's foot, mm. you know? But that's, it shouldn't be that way, you know mm. what I mean? We need to restore the sense of humor. We need to understand who we used to be, you know? Mm. But, um, yeah, continuing in mm. on uh, with my stories that um, I lived in a refugee camp for about three years and it came to pass where the... Tanzanian government uh, wanted to get rid of all the refugees. So there will be immigrations from all across the world coming to interview the refugees, pretty much to define what's the, what's the next step is. And given the fact that my history was terrible, I couldn't go back to Burundi. Mm. And in, and in, uh, in Burundi, it's where you get killed by your own people because mm. of the power, because the land ownership, you know. So the land that my sister were given after the death of my parents, it was being sold out by my other siblings. So she couldn't go back to Burundi as well. Mm. So we said, look, we don't have anywhere to go, you know. You'll rather kill us here. Mm. Um, so we were accepted by a country we never knew anything about. In fact, if there was anything that, uh, I mean, my sister didn't know about Australia. My, my nephews obviously didn't know who Australia was. Mm -hmm. uh, but I knew about Australia. The only thing that I knew about Australia was a, a red skinny kangaroo I used to see on a matchbox. Yeah. So when I heard that we were coming to Australia, I thought we totally coming to chewy <laughs> kangaroos yeah. or to look after them or something. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, I couldn't believe it by the time I was in a jumbo jet with yeah. a toilet in the sky. I was yeah. like, wow, yeah. you know, I've been going for so long, but now I'm flying in, mm. you know. I felt like I was a king mm, during yeah. that time, you know. And um, the other thing I want to tell you guys is that before coming to Australia, uh, refugees started finding out how it's, uh, there is a good life here. So everyone wanted to come here. But there was a great number of refugees who were rejected due to their health condition and due to their uh, uh, past experience, you know. So those who got rejected started breaking rumor, saying, oh, you guys shouldn't go to Australia because white people eat black people. Mm. And white people make uh, their soaps out of your skins. Really? You know? So Whoa. for us, coming to Australia was the greatest risk we took. Yeah, really? So at yeah, the yeah. point when you're on the plane, yeah, 
when you're when you're mm. you know you're going to Australia mm. at that mm. point that's what's going through your mind it, w- 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 like, we, like, gotta, we gotta make sure we we, we, we get we out of those bodies we gotta we gotta be eaten you know we, yeah, we yeah. have that fear right. I mean we would always go like come on man like we didn't have plan like we're yeah. sitting with other people yeah. you know there is other wow, African people we are with so there was like fear in us but we Massive. told ourselves that things was going to be alright mm. you know so well, you were probably in the position where things couldn't get much worse. Yeah, because the so, other thing also, in terms of uh, language barrier, we couldn't speak a word in English. Mm. So even a white man coming and say hi to us was like, hey, can oh, I yeah. eat you? Yeah, yeah you that's know? true. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was so crazy. In fact, I remember. Run, run. I just asked if I could eat you. <laughs> can I eat you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember we got at the airport and um, the, you know those people who wait for others? Mm. There was a white man holding my sister's name and um, mm. looking at him, I went, what went through my mind was blowing. You know, I was like, wow. So I looked at my sister and my nephews and said, that's the man who's going to eat us. Really? You know? Because he got our name. He definitely came for us, you know. Oh, you mean like and a limo driver? Correct. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the transfer so, guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transfer so guy. we limo we would waited. be rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get eaten, but I'm going out the top. Let's get get it right. Um, so we waited for about uh, five minutes and then realized he definitely came for us. Mm. So we ended up going to him, but I quickly instructed my people: do not think, do not talk. Let me handle everything. Mm-hmm. How old are you at this stage? I was uh, 14 years old. <laughs> Can I, I wanted sad. to ask, just, yeah. I wanted to just, sure. while you're talking about the refugee yeah. thing mm-hmm. after you lost your parents. Correct. Um, but, and even when you were in Burundi, mm-hmm. when you went back to Burundi, who's leading the family? You, yourself? Uh, here or in Burundi? Uh, kind of both. Like Burundi, the um, refugee camp. Did you have anyone that was like an older uncle or, yeah. or anything like that? Or was it you that was kind of your sister and... I came here with my older sister. So when I went in Tanzania, she automatically, she basically became like mom, like my mother. Gotcha. But in, even in Burundi, I had sisters. I mean, mm. I'm in a family of uh, seven people. So yep. I have about uh, five sisters and uh, one bro. So okay. um, in Burundi, I had also a big sister who even until now is like my mom. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, so... So the, the, with the story, I you know I was 14 years old, and then we came, and then we had this fear, and then I told my people, look, do not talk to this guy. Let me handle everything. So you can imagine about 60 min- minutes of us um, uh, driving throughout the freeway, getting our mind blown away. I'm like, these mm. people can turn a night into a day. Like they got so moons on the sky, because look, guys, mm. I come from refugee camp where there is no electricity you know what so about Burundi was Burundi it, Burundi was we yeah. had the electricity, electricity but it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't a mod not like so. street lights and, no. and so forth just no. how like a little bit of house well, electricity and yeah. Just, yeah, yeah yeah uh so uh we were so shocked and um I remember he dropped us a hotel and we couldn't touch anything out there there was little uh Little really, they had about four bunk beds, little ones. We supposed to sleep on one each, mm. but we ended up squeezing on one. The whole family. <laughs> and that's classic. I found my nephews on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how they got there. Yeah. I didn't push yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then next morning, the white man, he brought an African guy, you know, who would talk the language, which mm-hmm. uh, cool. I tell you guys, was more like seeing black Jesus. In oh, language, I could imagine. You know? It would have yeah. and, and this guy started going on telling us how we are not going to, the first thing we asked him, we asked him, how, how didn't you get eaten? Yeah. You know, really? are we going to get eaten? And he was like, what? What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. And he said, no, 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 no. You guys are safe. Yeah. You know, this is your home now. Everything in this hotel is all yours. Yeah. It, was, it was just like crazy, you know? Wow. I remember us, um, I remember me fighting with my nephew just watching Simpson, you know? And, um, you know, for us, it was more like swimming in a chocolate river. You know, it was mm. completely mind-blowing. Mm, yeah. And I'll tell you what, you know, I'm not afraid to say black people will have chickens. <laughs> we'll have chickens, all right? I remember back in home, I used to kill little birds because mm. that's how I would. So that yeah. was like my KFC, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> and um, there was a fridge full of food. In I, this, wonder if uh, it's, I wonder if it's racist if Fablee says that black people like fried chicken. <laughs> no, it's like... Oh, it's, <laughs> that's, you, know, that's like, if, yeah. uh, you know if like a, a white person says yeah. black person likes fried chicken, that's racist? That's like, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, but I, says I, so. I But you, 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 like, you pretty much founded KFC. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, 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 I want Jim Chicken right now. <laughs> uh, no, it's... Um, but yeah, yeah, continuing with the stories that... Um, I then asked him, when can you come and refill this fridge oh, yeah. to finish this food? And he's like, you know, give me a call in about two weeks. We'll come and refill it. Mm. But I tell you what, guys, like after after three hours, the whole fridge was clean. Yeah, like, yeah. Everything. We ate it. That's how hungry we were, yeah. you know? And it was crazy because it was doing things like eating frozen pies, you know, <laughs> trying to turn on the microwave, thinking it's a TV. Yeah, all, yeah. All, all crazy things. It would have been quite well, funny. Have <laughs> one large shit. It would have been quite funny to, um, to have a camera in the room. Sorry? Uh, yeah. It would have been quite funny oh, to have a camera geez. in the room. In fact, I'm thinking maybe... I want, I want, I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity of getting a TV show where I could demonstrate this like third mm. world country meeting first world country there's been there's oh, been man. there's been such a show mm, it's called mm. um was called something like meet the natives or something or some weird name like this and true, it was true. it was a bunch of uh, it was four um four uh, men from Vanuatu yeah 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 and in Vanuatu prince albert maybe prince albert like one yeah. of the lesser yeah, above yeah, the yeah. um he went and visited Vanuatu a few years ago. Mm. Uh, like, sorry, like twenty years ago. Yeah. And in this tr- in this village, all their crops boomed after mm. he visited. The what? Sorry. All their crops, oh. all their food, and all their all their agriculture yeah. just boomed. They had a great run of um, run of crop production or whatever. What? what Jesus. No, no, no reason. Just like just it, just happened. Just, it just oh. happened. And then so they thought that Prince Albert was a god. Oh yeah, like that. Goodness he was like the, the like Prince Albert was. They had photos of him all around the around. Yeah. The, so what they did was they took these um, four guys from the the, um, the tribe in Vanuatu yeah. and they put them in London yeah. and took them around in London oh. for like for like um, two months. And yeah. then the final uh, the final episode was they got to meet Prince Albert. Yeah, they, like, oh, oh, they would have oh, just oh, like my yeah, exactly. Lord. Yeah. It was actually a pretty well-made show too. Like it was pretty, it was pretty good taste. Like it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and these oh, guys are just like, whoa, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And when you watch things like that, it gives you an idea of how oh, humble these people are. Mm, yeah. You know? And also how rich we are, even yeah. where we are, mm. because um, it, it, it has a different uh, concepts. Because among it, 
such as in Australia, like for example, right now that all these crazy things going on with Africans going wild, you know, we now have what they call apex, you know, which is they call it as like as an African gang that is uh, going out, you know, out of control in stealing cars, you know, destroying houses, which is like 10 dudes who's from maybe South Sudan. And then the crazy thing, they label it as African. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just over, yeah. And then it affects somebody like me who comes from Burundi. Yeah. It's like asking somebody in Spain, like what's in Russia, like what's going on in Russia. It's also like saying uh, there's a, a bunch of white guys that are in a gang in yeah. the northern suburbs of Australia and looking at me and Tommy and going, hey, Ooh, nah. I don't know about these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about these guys. Hey, you know man, I'm going to steal your car. I, I, want, um, <laughs> I have a friend and I'm not sure if it, this is a true story, but, you know, it's related to we it. Like, we like, we like, we like stories. Ma- the, the term is we like putting a little bit of mayo on things. Yeah. Oh, Just make okay. the sandwich <laughs> a little bit nicer yeah. than it really is. There you go. <laughs> it's a moldy sandwich, but mayo helps. <laughs> mayo it's helps. Straight out life. Yeah. Straight out life, you like. Because... Oh, he woman. told me <laughs> regarding this gang issue. He told me one day he was reading paper and he there was an article where they said Apex going out of control, mm. jail time, <laughs> and then Xavier boys going you know going out of control, needing counselors. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? Mm. You know, it's like, what is this? Yeah. What is this world we're living in? You know. Mm. And just on top of that, like with these crazy issues now, we've got a bunch of white people who's scared of an African people. Mm. You know, we've got, I live in North, uh, in Southeast uh, suburbs where if I'm having a walk, if there was someone, a white person coming towards me, they would, they would, they would change line and go really? to walk on it. Yes, this happens oh, very often. Mm. Very often. Yeah. You know, and, and, what they don't understand is this. We are scared of you guys more, just like you are scared of us. Mm. I thought white people was going to eat me when I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. So mm. It's, a, it's a crazy thing we must, we must put on the big sky to really understand. And talking to one another such as what we're doing is the only way of breaking the, the barriers in between. Mm. Totally. Because I told you there are people out there who's fooling us. You know, we, we're growing up in the world of hate way we hate people that we don't supposed to hate you know mm. it's so crazy mm. you know and it's like what i told you guys like when we there is always this concept of third world meeting uh first world country you know because i remember we lasted there in that that hotel about two weeks and after that we went to a private rental house and looking at the window i started observing how young people wearing ties putting on their swag, freshing up and all that. And I will have all this landless question, like, this is cool. Young people can go to work and make money. How awesome is this country? Mm. And somebody heard me and said, no, 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 they're not going to work. They're only going to school. So since then, I wished to go to school that because where I come from, we don't, we don't fresh up like that, mm. you know? So mm. I wished to go to school so I can feel like Obama, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, everyone and, wants to feel like Obama. Well, I want to feel like Obama. Well, <laughs> I can do an Obama impersonation. Go on. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, Obama has a kind of a, a, a stilted cadence. That's all I can do. This guy's a genius. <laughs> you are a genius, right? <laughs> yeah. I like, have no idea what stilted cadence means. Kind, of, kind of talks and then he 
stops a little bit. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man, you're a legend, Russell. Bad. You're a legend. Yeah. That was a bad. Go look at Um... And uh, yeah, so what it is is that um, I was in love with education until now because understand this, you know, education has become my ticket to success, you know. So I was in love with education mm. that when I started English as a second language, I used to turn up two hours before the front gate opens, you know. <laughs> I was so in love with school, like I'm mm. still in love with school. And that's why I go all around mm. just... To make these young people understand how bloody lucky, ridiculously they lucky they are mm. to live in a country like this. Yeah. Mm. Because yep. they, they don't get humbugged on the way to school. Mm. I come from where, you know, girls get kidnapped on the way to school. Yeah. You know? Yep. And and also looking in the bigger picture, think about how much uh free freedom we have here. Mm. I've got uh one of my uh sort of uh, uh mental it's a, a guy named Paul Stewart, who's a leading singer of uh, Panthers and Dockers, which is an old funk, uh, punk rock band. Mm-hmm. He he always tells me how I made him fell in love with being Australian again, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I use, he, one day he asked me, like, what's your favorite TV show? And I say Q&A. And he was like, what, Q&A? Yeah. And I said, yeah. And I, he said, why? I told him, look, you can make a... F- you can make fun of a politician on their face on TV and they don't come and take your family away in the middle of the night and kill them. Yeah. That's how good we got it. Yeah. it's a really good point. You know, that's how good we got it. So, um, I've been in Australia for eight years. I, um, apart from that, I am a, I'm a musician. I don't like to call myself a rapper because, uh, I do all kind of music. Mm-hmm. I am an educator. I am, um, I am a, an actor, I'm a community leader, and um, yeah, yeah, things mm. like that. Like, for example, I've been at uh, more than 120 schools all across wow. uh, Australia, East Timor, and Africa. So anyone who wants to get me on their school, give us a call, you know. Mm. With, um, That's awesome. Uh, but apart from that, um, some of the achievements that I've had uh, is that, um, you know, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I was the young Victorian achiever uh, of the year cool. and um i'm so excited because i think i might i will be a panelist on q a soon oh really oh, yeah. let me see <laughs> that's great and um recently i just uh got released on the single with uh the great paul kelly yeah, so cool. uh, yeah, that's so uh, it's called chad soldier mm-hmm. um that's what you were rapping before right Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know the words uh, Paul Kelly, I your heart out, mate, because you and I, we've got the rap going on now. Yeah. <laughs> that was a better version. True, true. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Paul, Paul, who was it? Paul, Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul, Steve? I, I, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in trouble. Yeah, he's, he's my homie, so I'll yeah, tell him it's... That's true. It was another homie of yeah. yours. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean... I agree. That yeah. was a bit of that was a little work. <laughs> work, you know. But um, um, yeah, that was. Um, so I think I asked um, Fabrice to tell us a little bit about himself. That was yeah. officially the longest introduction yeah. anyone has given. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> it's good. What I'd like to That's do great, is uh, great. That's the best. It's apologizing because I'm a guy who likes to talk. No, it's good. You know? Give me the mic. I will talk the whole day. 100%. But know? that's what we got you on for. We wanted yeah. to hear your story. We wanted you to be able to tell your story. So, 100%. Um, do you feel comfortable discussing the time you spent when you were with the child 
So mm-hmm. in the child soldier camp, do you feel comfortable discussing that, or you don't want to discuss it? I wouldn't it? say no, but I can a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm just look. It's an interesting topic for topic, me. Like, yeah. what what's going through your mind when you're a kid and you're brought into into that environment? Are you trying to? Are they trying to brainwash you? Absolutely. Is that what's going on on there? And then now, what it is is that again, if you ever seen a film called uh, Blood and Diamond, well, that's the only that's yeah, the only that's, example that I have of it, and is from Blood uh, that's Diamond. Really. Yeah, and that's or what I'm even um, there is another good documentary which is still on Netflix. It's called Beasts of No Nations. All right. Yep. Well, look, it gives you a clear understanding of uh, Chad soldiers in Africa, and what it is, it's completely brainwashing you. You know. Mm. This is the people who's, it's a Golita army that is against the government. Therefore, they are trying to recruit a, uh, young people because what it is, what we must understand is that if a young people is being drugged, if they've they, they been uh, given drugs, they don't have fear in them. Yeah. You know, therefore, if we don't combat, we are, we are the one on the front and we are the one who who's dying the most, basically, mm. you know? And the crazy thing, they give you drugs and tell you that every victim out there is a person who has killed your family, mm. is a person who has, who, who has done all this wrongdoing to your family. So what you got in mind is a revenge. It's a heart of a revenge. Yeah. It's a thinking of revenge. You just want to destroy things. Yep. You just want to kill people, you know? So the whole systematic of recruiting, recruiting uh, child soldiers, it's, it's, uh, it's, because they, um, it, it's because of that, you know? Yeah. And for example, as I said, Burundi is a so small country, but it has more than... Uh, 20 political parties mm. and each one is trying to lead a country yeah, that's yeah. Right. and how do they do that fighting against which is on a mm. is on a is on it's holding the leading position so when you were um, you you were in the, the child soldier camp for two weeks yeah did you feel like your mind was turning getting polluted with these thoughts what you wouldn't you, know at that age, surely. Would, yeah. like, did well, you know you what was going on? I, you were be, smart enough to be able to still... Yeah. You, you still wanted out, obviously. Yeah, That's why you yes, escaped. But yeah. how much... Like, could you feel that your mind was turning that way? Or like, another question might be, how long do you think until you might have been sucked in and not wanted to leave? Um, what it is is that, yes, you come to a point where you feel like, look, this is the life I'm living. Therefore, mm. I must accept it, you know? I remember uh, when I was there, um, we took photos of me holding grenades and swords and all that and a gun. And when I got in a refugee camp, I had to burn them because if they would have found out that I was a child soldier, they would have uh, uh, rejected me in a refugee camp. Really? And the other thing is that, you know, I like for me, I've got a, a star sky on me. Yep. Where I scratched Swastika. it. Yeah. Yep. Because... Um, when we were there, we had to learn how to be the, those people, you know. Mm. Even though I knew everything I was doing was wrong and against my belief and against the wisdom I've gained from my parents, I told myself, look, there is, there is no other option. I just have yeah. to accept what I, what I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a crazy, that's a really crazy story. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have friends that, 
that didn't make it as well? Um, in in there, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, I mean, I, I had friends, but we wasn't really close right. to them. And um, as was the youngest one, so all the bigger boys would would uh, look down on me and mm. uh, uh, would, um, you know, uh, kick me, do mm. whatever they want. It was uh, it was really crazy. I felt like I'm, I was so excluded so mm. much, yeah. So what's the situation? Um, is the situation the same in Burundi right now? Uh, forgive me, I have no, I have no, mm-hmm. no idea about, about we, it. What it is is that there is a wise saying says that when I was young, I thought like a young person. Now that I'm grown up, I must think like a grown up person. Now, the, what it is is that in Burundi right now, there is crazy sort of, uh, uh, I would say, civil war going on due to the president, the current president who wants to run for the third term, who's running for the th- third term, basically. Yep. However, what most people don't understand or what they don't see Everything that happens there, it's a propaganda from the Western, you know? From the what, sorry? The Western society, yeah. Western mm. system. Because, um, you know, just uh, like, for example, Burundi holds 20% of the world's minerals. Therefore, we are so rich in our resources, more than America would say, Yeah, you know? And this is, I mean, we all know that Africa is... Uh, is it's so rich in the in its resource more mm. than any other continent. Mm. Now what happened? The war that is even happening in uh in uh, in Burundi, or even the war's been happening in Burundi, it's been between this super powered country. Like right now it's between Russia, it's between China, it's between America. Now when these minerals were found, America wanted to do the mining and the president said no 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 Therefore, they say, no, would he do it hard way? That's, and then the president said, okay, would he give it to the Chinese? Because they, will, they, can, they, will, they comes and they do things that is really integrating the country. Mm-hmm. You know, they come and build roads. They come and build schools. Yep. Would he give to Chinese? And would he accept uh, 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 Russians? Because they will protect us. They will give us protections, mm-hmm. you know. And then what it is, we all know America, you know. The, I don't know if you understand it the way I understand it, but... Mm. I feel like it's a country that wants to be powerful over other countries. Always. You know? oh, yeah. Always. Seems, always. Like Seems like, you know, yeah. historically you know? speaking. Always. So um, what we may, must understand is that uh, there are victims of things like this where we get caught in things we don't even know. And another great example, look how much Middle East has been pushed back, you know, Every walls you see out there is being created by these so-called po- super powerful countries, and what we do is rejecting their own pe- their own people who's seeking for, uh, you know, for their freedom. Mm. Yet we are the yet we are the one who created these walls, mm. you know. And you know, it's a it's a crazy society. So the the, the situation um, of me being a child soldier was uh, really crazy and. Uh, Right now that I'm growing up, I'm seeing it from that point of view. You know, so it's no, I think this is what I'm even trying to tell my people. We need, we must understand how to deal with our own problems before we deal it with people who don't even know who's, who is us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you've raised a lot of, um, a lot of really interesting points that I think uh, 
sometimes get forgotten in it's definitely, Western, yeah, it's, Western it's, society. It's really great to to hear him. You know, from from someone like myself, I almost feel um, annoyed because I, I've I've been I was born in Melbourne and I've grown mm. up in Melbourne my whole life, and mm. you just have no idea how lucky you are. Like it's it's all well and good to to say that, yeah. you know, and you hear the facts of oh, you know, you're you're luckier. I mean, you're in the top. 0.01% of the yeah. population in terms of wealth. And it's, exactly. it's great for me to hear that. I'm like, oh, you know, that's, it's amazing how lucky I am. But I've got no gauge. Mm. You know what you know what I mean? When someone's like really sad or is going through a hard time yeah, and then they yeah. get out of that time and they can really appreciate that happiness because they've been in the shit. Yes. Yeah. For me, I've never, ever experienced mm. any form of mm. oppression. Or, so I've got no idea. And I feel kind of left out is the wrong way of saying it. But mm. um, yeah, it's... um. It'd be an amazing experience to to see the different sides of it, especially. And and that's why I'm thinking of taking people like you in Africa. Mm. You know, so I'm thinking something that is gonna on a long term scale of uh, taking people uh, who haven't been in countries mm. like this. And one of my goal is to take them uh, in Burundi with me. So. Um, Get in contact with us because we're thinking of that. You can come on a tour with Fabliss. Mm-hmm. I will take you to Burundi. Yeah. I will show you everything. Because the other thing we need to understand is that Africa is a bloody good con- yeah, exactly. uh, continent. You yeah. know what I'm If you're in Kenya, in Nairobi, if you're in South Africa, in Johannesburg, you wouldn't tell different of you being there in Melbourne. Streets uh, are the, the same. Cape Town in South Africa is better than most of Europe. You see what I mean? And, and <laughs> go to Google and search Africa. What they got to show you is people dying, yeah. wars and all that yeah. crazy mm. stuff. So we grow up in the system where we see things wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? But on top of that, just uh, from the point you were saying is that, you know, don't ever feel ashamed mm. that everything happened in the past would have you that you feel like left out because... When you find out the truth, mm. the truth sets you free. Mm. You know what I mean? And the truth is what we're hating now, you know, because you got to say, oh, I've been, I've been looking in the, long, in the wrong lens. Let me look in the right lens. And how do we look in that lens? It's about caring for one another. Mm. It's about accepting whoever is out there. It's about making sure that every young people is educated. And I like to tell my people, whoever get to, don't think changing the world is you being on TV. No, 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 no. no. You can never change the world unless you change yourself. You know, and how do we change ourselves? It's about accepting a sense of humor. It's about accepting a sense of uh, inclusiveness. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Understanding that we all the same. Absolutely. You know the point about um, about you just raised about changing the world and you don't have to be on TV, you don't have yeah. to be a superhero mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, it's a really powerful thought to to have to mm. try and change the world yeah. by for the in the positive terms by 05 of a percent. Yeah. If everybody in the world can try and make a positive impact, yeah, yeah. just slightly, yeah. then the world becomes an an exponentially better place mm, mm. you know what I mean so so like yourself you, you don't have to you don't have exactly. to exactly no no one person can change can, the no, world no. it has to be gradual and, and things like what you're doing is is going to influence more and more people Absolutely. and get them to, to change their mind I, I had a um, I had a podcast talking about this talking about this um, this giving giving back and how lucky we are mm. me and Tommy in the last podcast we just in a, we, we, we uh, recorded we talked about gratitude journaling we yeah. write three things we're grateful for in the, in the mornings yeah. um, uh, and uh, I 
I listened to a podcast last week about uh, with Tim, uh, who was it? Sam Harris and um, William McCaskill. It's about effective altruism, so giving without actually getting anything in return. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And and that uh, that conversation. I think I've lost my like exactly yep. where I was going here, but that conversation that I listened to, it's like similar to what you're yep. doing trying to influence people. That conversation that I listened to with um, Sam Harrison, William McCaskill was talking about, um, was talking about the effect of, uh, of being able to save a life to somebody, to, to give to somebody that is in Africa that is, that yep. is, yep. Um, mm-hmm. might uh, die from malaria. So it costs about three and a half thousand dollars to, to um, save a life of somebody who's uh, with the, the One World Fund, I think it is, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a there's a philosophical argument about um, if you saw uh, if you were in a three and a half thousand dollars suit and you saw somebody um, drowning in a pool of mud, would you, a child drowning in a pool of mud, mm. would you jump in? Would you say fuck the suit and jump in there and save the <laughs> child, or would you go no, there's a three thousand dollars suit, yeah. I'm not going to do that, yeah. I'm not going to waste my money. But every day, every, all of us have the ability to yeah, save that right. child because mm. we all have not us right now because we're broken, you know. But mm, mm. in our lives, we have the opportunity multiple times over as an Australian, yeah, yeah, most yeah. likely to actually fork out and give that $3,000 which you know mm. is actually going to save a life whereas that's if you it. walked past that child with you and kept your suit you'd be a terrible person yeah yeah. so that that whole philosophical argument is not anything to do with what we're talking about but mm. what the, my point I'm trying to make is that conversation that I heard yeah yeah on that podcast yeah. stuck with me for days and days and days and I told so many people I put a post up on Let my Instagram stuck with you for all life you know mm. yeah, and all your I, life yeah I legitimately because I've got a business coach with my business yeah and that he's I, I'm, my business isn't financially viable to give yeah. back at the moment yeah, yeah. but the, the goal is with my business coach is to find something that we're passionate about and yeah. try and give as much money as we can mm, back mm, in that because mm. to reward yourself and to give yeah. back to the people that are paying money to this business because you know it's going to at least yeah. a good cause Absolutely. look it's just the one little thing you can do but but what you're doing is similar to the conversation that mm. I listened to on the podcast Sam Harris and Will McCaskill because these little things change thought processes in your mind I listened to that conversation I couldn't stop thinking about it for yeah, three yeah. days and then it's made me a better person. I well, mean, it's made me <laughs> want to be a better person. You know, yeah. it's slightly at, at some point, I want yeah. to try and absolutely, you know, implement mm. something like that, or, or it's it's at least it's in my Gets conscious you now. You know, yeah. So I think what you're doing is um, really, really important. Oh, thank you. Mm. You know, it, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's what we need to understand uh, is that you know. We live in the world that is more competitive now. Like this is how the those so-called politicians or whatever the the the, the top dogs has mm. uh, shaped the world. You know, we are within the world of trying trying to be at the top. But we should always think one of one thing, and this is it. What it is is that we must understand that there is no anybody, anybody who will be able to pay death and say, "Leave me alone." We're all going to die. Yeah. Mm. And when we die, even if you have a hundred billions or whatever, they don't go with, they don't go with you. They will, people who didn't work for it, mm. it will remain for those people who didn't work for yeah. it. Mm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? We've got great people who had a lot of possession in this world, but they died and go. Mm. The first album I re, uh, released, music album, which is actually on you on uh, iTunes, it's called Just Passing Through. Mm. And the connotation behind it is this world is not our home. We just passing through. Mm. And the target was uh, going to those so-called, you know, 
people who want to feel like, oh, they're owning the world. Mm. That's not how it is. You know, if, if I was born in a third world country, I would die and you would die. Now, what we must understand is, I don't, I don't care if you don't believe in God or not, it's, uh, it's your point. I myself as Fabrice, I believe in God. And there are people who believe in different sources. But mm. whatever you believe in, my understanding is that we will be rewarded due to what we have done in this earth. Mm. You know, we would definitely, it's like a kid going in a, in a class to do a test. You know what I mean? They get rewarded due to how much uh, effect they have put on that piece of work, mm. you know? So I can understand that to live in this world is about hurting one another and saying, uh, yeah. we got to get away with it. No, 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 mm. no. Even if you believe in karma, even if you believe in a re, uh, reincarnation, Everything is gonna is gonna turn around. So I believe doing good is the is the best thing for a human being to do. Mm. I've got a, a, a hypothetical question for you yeah. that I'm interested in um, your answer. Mm. How do you feel about so? Because I like that idea as well. As well, you know, yeah. you, you do good and you know you're rewarded, and yeah. I think that's a really fantastic yeah. idea to think about. What about? Um, you know, like the the child soldiers in Africa, or or the you know the the children that are born into um, to ideals yeah. where they believe that other people or people are telling them that this person's bad, this person's mm-hmm. bad, and then because of that, they're brainwashed yeah, into yeah. into doing that. Do you yeah. think that you know those are fundamentally good people, but they've been brainwashed? What it is is that if I become a president right here mm. and tell the whole nation to hate one another. That crime is on me. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. these people don't know what they're doing. In fact, they, they would be affected, obviously, but think about the cause of it. You know, so even these people who's getting brainwashed, they've been brainwashed by someone. Mm. It's like, mm. you know, if I were to tell people to fight, that would hunt me down. That would be double to what I would be paying back. You know what I mean? Mm. So every human being what we must understand that he is that what doesn't kill you it makes you stronger mm-hmm. you know and if we understood that you know no matter what we go through no matter this because as I said before we're growing up in the world that is more advanced than before mm. therefore every path we take every corner we look into there are great challenges there is great temptations that would try to pull us down where we go. Like, you know what? I give up. You know what I mean? I give up life. I give up everything, this and that. But it's not about how much we fall. It's about how much we get back on our feet, mm. you know, and, 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 and say I'm strong than before. So when you have a good position of making a change, doing in bloody good, mm. you know, mm. I, I love everyone, but... Last time I was shocked when I saw the interview, I mean, the talks of Pauline Hansen. Mm. I was so embarrassed. Like, mm. this is the people who are supposed to put out the, the Australia, basically Australia is a multicultural country. Mm. So if you are rejecting one culture, then it's a mo- not multicultural country, mm. you know? So I feel like when you have a good position, such as uh, those positions like those, Bring harmony in people, you know, mm. show them good, you know. And if you show them bad, every every consequence will come against you. Yep. Yeah. 
I think um, a lot of people would agree with you in being <laughs> shocked by some of Pauline Hanson's comments. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> I think that's a very fair response. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Tommy, should we should we we do the good band science? Or no, I think, we I think, I think this that. is yeah. I'm yeah. really enjoying this. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we six for six it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for please, we um, we normally wrap up. We know uh, we don't yeah. want to keep you all day. It's been great hearing your story. We want to wrap up with a few. Um, a few questions, and then we can uh, we can finish with like anything that your your final thoughts, anything you want to plug or talk about what what you want to what you're doing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, three questions from me. My questions are: um, favorite destination on the planet that you've been to, um, visiting by like a holiday, like your favorite. What's your favorite destination? My favorite was uh, uh, East Timor. East Timor. Yeah. In cool. uh, last year, I went to visit East Timor, and. To be honest, I was overwhelmed. Look, if you, because you fly in from Darwin, which is like 45 minutes in the air. Mm -hmm. But when I go there, I couldn't believe how similar it is to where I come from. Mm -hmm. And this is a third world country. It's like a few blocks from Australia. Mm. Yeah. You know, but when you get in these countries, it really gives you a sense of how humble we should be. Mm. Because this is the people who are so humble. This is the people who are so lovely, mm-hmm. and this is the people who who knows the definition of love. So I would encourage everyone to visit countries like this because yeah. this is where you see exactly the the richness of uh, 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 being humane. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I loved it, but awesome. uh, he had. He had more dogs, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think half population good, but, uh, of... Too many dogs. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of had, Were any of them uh, uh, smoking or drinking beer or anything like that? <laughs> half of the population, uh, it was... Um, it was dogs. Yeah. And it was it was crazy because I you asked... third world countries always have a lot of dogs. dogs. Well, I, Mexico... Uh, Mexico's not a third world country, but I remember when we were tracking up in a rainforest, there's tons of dogs. Yeah. What's that all about? <laughs> Let me tell you, you what it's about. Yeah. Let me tell you what it's about because this is what it's about. You see, East Timor was colonized by the by Indonesians. The, <laughs> the Indonesians. And Indonesians did so bad to them that they, when they left, they would even take the toilet tissue holder with them. Really? Yeah. Everything. Mm. They destroyed the roads and all that. So during that time, East Timorese people would eat dogs. Mm. They eat dogs now in East Timor. Really? I nearly, really? I nearly ate a dog. Really? Man. I mean, I didn't eat it, but yeah. maybe Didn't anyone time. tell them it's man's best friend? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't eat your best friend, would you? I, yeah. I'd tell you what, they eat dogs. And I was quite shocked. But the most fascinated thing they told me was that after that period of time, they would kill a dog and find a human body in, inside the Oh, dog. no way. And they would still eat it. Re- really? Yeah. It's like eye a double meat. Eye for an eye. Big Mac. <laughs> oh, okay. Look at the yeah. bacon. <laughs> Sorry, the, Sorry's uh, just uh, watching him just chuck, yeah. chuck the dog and the human body just into the meat. Just get a, uh, a bit of dog, um, <laughs> side of hand, and uh, some chicken with that. <laughs> but I'd yeah, that's... I prefer uh, a red-headed, uh, red-headed yeah. guy yeah. Yeah. inside of the dog, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's my uh, destination. Right. I love I got, yeah, a, I got I another it. one for you. What's yeah. your dream destination? Same thing, can be anywhere. Wow, my dream destination. I've heard that um, Jamaica, it's, mm, it's, cool. it's great. I'm, I'm a guy who likes to parley when I get a chance. Yeah, nice. cool. I yeah. heard these people parley hard. You know, uh, I don't smoke. To... Clearly, I don't smoke, but yep. 
I just wanna go there and have fun. You wanna you, know? you wanna know all about the herb man, the ganja no, no, man. No, no, no man, no man, no man. I live in jail, yeah. last of all right. I want party on water and some soybeans. <laughs> I tell you a story about it because one of my friend told me um, he went to Jamaica and he when he got out of the plane, he started seeing all these OGs like old school. Cool. Uh, 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 Rastafari, man who would have like dreadlocks, mm-hmm. where they had like the dreadlocks was a, a bone. A what? It was like a bone. A really? bone? Yeah. <laughs> so they gave, <laughs> they gave it. They gave it. Yeah. This is how deadly he is. And was the dog smoking out of the yeah. dreadlock box? No, no, no. So they gave him each other's heads. Check, check this. Hey, Dad, has check this. Dad, Dad. Come, come around for a second. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, man. Every time you go to the one of these guys, I'm like, hey, sorry for this. Yeah. I must have yeah. misunderstood what you said there. Can you please repeat that? You should go to Jamaica because after that. Smoke some heads. He he he's uh, he, he wanted some, so yeah. they gave him a sip. And what he told me after that, he yeah. took one sip, and all he could see was pink elephants. <laughs> you know, he started seeing everyone as pink elephants. He was like, "Wow, this is that's some good hair." Ah, <laughs> uh, no, like it's um, oh, that's awesome. It's I want to go to Jamaica now. I, but I heard, yeah. Yeah, see, I heard so like dressing up in the the Rastafarian thing is like super cliche over there and if you if you do that and you get amongst that they kind of think it's annoying like it'd be like some mm. some per, some tourist walking down the middle of I don't know Elizabeth Street in, in Melbourne you know with like a, a corkscrew hat and, and boots and going g'day how you going like, it'd just be kind of weird I don't plenty know that's of, plenty of tourists would do that so, like, well, the old it depends it depends because even in Jamaica there are places where it's more like what we see here. You mm. know what I mean? But there are other places where they still embrace the real culture, mm. where they leave the culture of Rastaman. Mm. You know what I mean? We're talking mm. about, uh, uh, you know, places like where Bob Marley was born. You mm. know, you would see how they've got all these old G's who really knows exactly what it is to be a Rastaman. Mm. You know, cool. I was... um couple of years ago, I did a music tour in New Zealand and I was so surprised because I was expecting Mali, uh, uh, the culture of, uh, you know, Mary's, uh, Mary's Mary culture, in, yeah. in, in mm. there, but it's, it, it wasn't like that. It was more like him. Yeah, yeah, it's like, very, yeah. Okay. yeah. 100%. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like someone, if someone has been researching about Australia, when they go here, they would expect indigenous, but yeah. you could fly out even Without seeing what and mm. ca- kangaroos as well. Yeah, I've travelled all uh, all through South and Central America, true, and true. Uh, when you go through South America, any well, let let me let me be. I'll be honest right now. Yeah. Probably seventy percent of the first uh, the first conversations in taxis, yeah. you'll sit down and uh, and then uh, come on, start. Say yeah, yeah. How's it going? How's it going? And then the taxi will dri- driver will normally say. Where are you from? And I'll say, Oh, I'm from I'm from Australia. Uh, soy Australiano. And then the taxi driver will look at you and go, Ah, kangaroo, kangaroo. <laughs> First thing, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Well, it is. I I I thought Australia was a kangaroo. Yeah. yeah so that's that's how it is. Um, for Bleach, So my last question is: yeah, uh, so Do you have any books that you're reading that you're loving, or books that you recommend to people? Um. I I don't I don't read that much, mm-hmm. but I've got books that um, there is one called um, 
can't remember the title of it, but it's based on the uh, killings of Democratic of Republic of Congo mm-hmm. by King Leopold. Right. Now, we're talking about a guy who's, who were given Congo as his backyard, and he killed more people than Hitler. Mm. He killed 10 million people. And he used to cut their hands and make uh, rubber out of their skins. Jesus. And export it in uh, Europe. <sighs> but you he's know? not anywhere near as well known as Hitler is, isn't he? Exactly. Mm. Now, I think whatever we do, whatever moves we make, we should, we should put ourselves in exploiting mistakes we've made because that's what will give us a great a great uh, uh, strategy of forming a good future, you know, because people like this is where you don't get, you don't hear this at school. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the so, uh, westernization of I reckon, uh, history. Yeah. Um, totally. If you get a chance, read, read yeah, that the book. Yeah, sounds good. Read it. So you don't remember the name of the book? I, I can't remember it. We'll but look it up. We'll put it in our show notes. Yes, please yeah, do. We'll find please. it. We'll find yeah. it. Or, or a similar thread. Yeah, Please find do. A, yeah. I, there are heaps that of uh, 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 books being written about him. Yeah. King mm. Leopold. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool. Cool. Tom? All right. Um, Favourite role model growing up or current inspiration that you have right now, someone that you really look up to? Um, Bob Marley being always the guy. Yep. I mean, the only difference is that he smoked ganja. I don't. Yeah. So that's the only di- And he had dreadlocks. I don't. <laughs> well, but, uh, take, take the Benny off and we'll find out. <laughs> oh, true, true. Yeah. But uh, we, I feel like the what he demonstrated to the world from the music sector, mm. it's huge. Because mm. we must know that music is so important mm. that it changes the world. It changes the way people think. And that's the legacy I want to walk in. I want my music. I want to be greater. Mm. I, I want to be greatest. I want my music to change the world. I want, my, I want people to remember me 200 years after mm. I'm dead. Mm. You know, so mm. uh, Bob Marley has always been a, my inspiration. But um, I'm inspired in a different, you know, in with uh, different people such as... Uh, uh, Martin Luther King, oh, yeah. such as Gandhi, yep. people who really impacted the world Stood for something. in the way I feel like it should be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, See, that's good. good. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing people. A lot of the time, a lot of people say like, oh, it's like, you know, my father and, you know, and this and then there's like, I don't know, other people out there. But it's good to actually know that, you know, those big out people out there mm-hmm. are actually, you know, inspiring people. Because exactly. I, Definitely, people I need to look more into, um, and uh, and and just on top of that, I know that sometimes people expect me to go like, oh, you know, Little Wayne is hot, you know, he got hot bars, mm. you know, Tupac was hot, got hot bars. No, 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 no. This is not the. No. I look. We need to, we need to put our world in the good movement, mm. and how do we do that? Looking for people who has done that. Mm. So don't give me definitely. Don't tell me a greatest rapper who. Don't tell me I mean a rapper who talks who about twenty four in two in six bars and think that's the best. No, no, no. Give me a rapper who talks about the truth. Yeah, that's right. Give me a rapper who talks about 
the reissues right mm. now. You know, Lupe Fiasco is the man. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he does so a lot not of a, Yeah, not rappers that are talking about guns, hoes, and, and bitches, and guns, guns <laughs> now, hoes, and crystal. That yeah. you know, for me, it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. and this is where the word get lost because now in the music industry, especially in rap world, it's mm. been presented with money, guns, and 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 sexual. Let's mm. say you know, and then looking at it. This is where the whole youth is looking. Mm. You know, the whole youth is looking into that. Mm. And this is why we we get our young people being aggressive to one another. Now they don't even use a proper language. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Um what about do you what what do you like doing when you have some spare time or some downtime? Um I like to watch Videos, yep. music videos. I a little bit of conspiracy theories. Oh, I'm a oh, big conspiracy oh, theorist. Oh, oh, what, do you, what do you get into? Are we on so, the same page? Oh, yeah, I think we are. Yeah, yeah. 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 What we'll, do you get into? What's we'll the get you back on the show and we'll, we'll talk for about ten <laughs> oh, hours. Man, oh man, I'll definitely be down Ooh. for that. Yeah. What's you know? your biggest conspiracy theory that you that you follow? Oh my god, um, I watch random ones, mm-hmm. but I. 9/11 was. 9/11. Do yeah, you think? Do you big. think? Uh, do you think we landed on the moon? No. Really? No. Nice. You're a true conspiracy yeah. theorist, true my friend. True conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, Welcome that was to the show. Green screen. Green yeah. screen. Yeah, that yeah. was in the studio, green screen. Really? Mm. I like that. Who, who yeah. built the pyramids? Sorry? Who built the pyramids? The, the, what I do think, I think, is the Israelites. You know... Um, Not the, aliens? Sorry? Not aliens? Oh, I haven't heard that. <laughs> aliens, 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 I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> That's like the ultra, ultra, the ultra highest conspiracy. level conspiracy theory. That's like when you've actually lost your mind. You've actually lost your mind. Wow. Um, <laughs> but uh, aliens exist, right? Oh, yeah, they yeah. definitely exist. Yes, they definitely they, they yeah. exist. I wouldn't say that's a we conspiracy. Are, we are ruled by them, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> this is getting weird now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, we'll move on, we'll move on, yeah. Um, and finally, uh, if you could invite three people dead or alive to dinner, who would they be and why? So some, maybe some people that you've always wanted to meet or wow. some things like that, yeah. Uh, here in Australia or worldwide? Just or like dead or alive, ever existed in the whole world. It can be aliens if you want. <laughs> including people who's already dead yes yep I would invite Donald Trump oh really I would invite um, I would not have expected uh, why Donald Trump yeah <laughs> um, you want to see uh, if he's been uh, taking the piss out of us or not yeah. <laughs> I would invite um, um, what's his name Gandhi oh yeah yep um, those two people and um, y- <laughs> Should just Including let them chat at the table. Just let them chat, man. <laughs> That'd be an interesting conversation. I would, I would even invite Jesus if yeah. that were included. A lot of people yeah, say you, Jesus. Jesus can come. Man, I imagine Donald Jesus. Trump, Jesus, and Gandhi. Mm. No one said Donald Trump yet. No one said Donald Trump. <laughs> Word. Like cool. we want to hear what Donald Trump stands. We want to hear why he would he wouldn't vote. He wouldn't lose a vote when he shoots someone in the street. Yeah. Like, who says that, dude? Like, you know, to be a politician is that, it's not that, you mm, know? Mm. Yeah. I think um, Gandhi and Jesus would really, really have a word to Donald Trump and they'd probably be like, <laughs> look, man, yeah, we can take you away if we want. That's I can what turn I wanna... that water into, uh, I yeah. can turn that, turn that wine back into water, you know? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. I would love to just sit, get my cup of tea and hit that conversation. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be, I'd, yeah. can I come? I said three people, but... Uh, Maybe. Oh. I would, when I open the conference, <laughs> yeah, I will see right. how much I can charge. Yeah. Maybe I can... <laughs> we good. Give you a I'll pay you money. <laughs> okay. 
Cool. All right. Cool, man. Cool. Um, so, please, um, I wanted to ask um, just one final parting word before we go to you can plug anything. Like, what's what's next for you? Um, what's your dream for, for yourself and for what you're trying to achieve? Um, the dream, the main dream is to change the world, mm-hmm. you know? And throughout the way, I want everyone to understand that we all have capability of changing the world. Especially these people who believe we're in the first world countries, like in Australia. Because right now, we have technology. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I mean, one of the... Uh, wait, I will ask you guys a question on the end as well. Mm-hmm. But um, the question I would want to ask you, you will answer me on the end, is like, what do you see the world in the next 100 years to come? Because I tell you what, I arrived here eight years ago, okay? And when I go here, we had those phones where it doesn't even have good cameras. Mm. And now we work with TVs. Like, mm. we work with phones that is more advanced. I'm like, what's, what's going to happen? Mm. So, what it is, even though we are being colonized by this so-called technology, mm. there is also parts where they're benefiting us in a good way. Now, what it, and, and those parts are, we, I can make a voice that can change the whole world right now. Mm. I can make a speech that can impact five kids who is in Northern, Northern Territory when I'm here. Yeah. So I want us to see all these resources we have in the way of uh, changing the world to a better place. Mm. And um, yeah, my dream, uh, my dream is to change the world. And uh, mainly I want young people to see the, uh, the opportunity they've got and to realize that we are the future of tomorrow. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Man. awesome. Um, so, where can people find you, Fabrice? Uh, websites, yeah. um, social media, anything like that? Yes, I've got a website called uh, www.flybeesempire, which is F L Y B Z Empire. Yeah. com, which contains most of uh, my te- uh, my um, my informations, and um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, blah blah, and um, uh. Sue, who's uh, more like my manager, she's um, you can get in contact with her, and um, yeah, just go through the website. Fly, yeah, that's yeah. How I, I reckon that's how the how best I way go through the website because yeah. it even have the links of the social medias. Yep. Yeah, cool, cool, yeah. cool, brother. Awesome. Well, that was fantastic. Yeah, loved it. Thanks, thanks for your time, man. There you that go. That was awesome. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Alrighty, guys, we hope you enjoyed that show with Fabrice. As, uh, as we spoke about before, guys, really interesting cat. Uh, definitely a, a much cooler story than, than I or, or Bill have there for Century. Um, now, guys, we are sponsored by True Pride. Like we said, jump onto www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF radio. Get your $297 joining fee waived. Save yourself $600 a month for the cost of $97 a month. Get on that. Get on that. Dab on it. We're also brought to you by... Calf. www.calf. What? How do you go with calf? Good. More again. <laughs> Good. That was uh, funny the last time. <laughs> <laughs> www.calf.ph forward slash ADVF. Get 10 hours free for any project, guys. Get heaps of time back in your life or uh, upscale your business. Get on that. And we are finally sponsored by... Adventure with Travel. Oh. Mm. Okay. What is that adventure travel? I couldn't tell you what it is. I know it's. Uh, I know it's. Uh, I know it's run by. Um, oh, what's his name? 
Carl Legend. Wilker. <laughs> Carl Legend. Um, Will. <laughs> all righty, so guys, make sure you um, share the show. Check out all the uh, all the stuff we just talked about. If you need any of the resources from this show, check out our... Show notes page. Show notes at www. <laughs> Is this annoying for anyone, do you think? <laughs> oh, fuck them. travel.com forward slash podcast. That's everything there, guys. Just click on the show you like or you listen to. Preferably, if you're listening to this right now, you'll probably jump on the Fablis one. They're probably not listening anymore. Let's yeah. be honest. They're probably... They're probably not listening, are they? All right. My name is Tom. And I have a big fat... My name is Tom. See you next week. Bye.